Welcome to another jam-packed Jamstack adventure on That's My Jamstack, the podcast where we ask the fantastical question, what is your jam in the Jamstack? I'm your host, Brian Robinson, and on today's episode, we had the amazing Kathleen McMahon. Kathleen is a developer and design systems guru, and I had an amazing conversation with her. But before we dive into the interview, I do want to mention that our amazing sponsor, TakeShape, is back again this week. Stick around after the episode to hear more about their amazing content platform for the Jamstack. Or head on over to takeshape.io slash that's my jam stack for more information. All right, Kathleen. Well, thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Cool. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do for work? What do you do for fun? That sort of thing. Okay. So, all right, let's break this down. For work, I am the tech lead for the O'Reilly Media Design System. So that's an internal open source project we're trying to get, you know, just a consistent look and feel for you know, our components and our just our materials. I don't know if you've ever heard of design system. It's kind of a hot topic lately, yeah, but a yes. A little bit, a little bit. So that's what I work on for fun in the fall mostly. I race cyclocross oh. very badly <laughs> on a single speed in the back of the pack because everyone laughs me twice and I wear a costume to make everyone that passes me laugh. And I also put tunes in my back pocket. So we have, you know, a soundtrack, we have costumes. Everyone knows me because it's the person who wears, you know, like this, it looks like this lit up thing of like spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> with like a spam costume backwards or an M&M's costume backwards. You can be entertained. Have you ever caused any wrecks with, with that? Like have people like laugh so hard they've fallen off okay all right good good no 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 i'm i've i've been doing this for a very long time like my i'm much better at soccer but i loved i love and i love soccer but i love to bike i'm just horrible at it and that's fine i just like to be at the back while everyone else is racing going hard and i'm back there just chilling out nice and you get out you get outside you have some fun and you have let other people have fun while they're competing too yes exactly it's this huge camaraderie and you you know who's coming everyone announces they're coming and you just you hold your line and someone else passes you and you know you're making sure you're not holding back the leader everything's good <laughs> <laughs> well very cool so uh so let's talk a little bit about the jamstack so what was your entry point into this idea either jamstack or static sites or wherever you kind of started with it Oh, that's a very good question. So um, how I got into Jamstack was, so our design system has documentation and our documentation um, site was built before MDX came out. So before Jamstack was really a thing. Mm -hmm. um, so it was around 2018 when MDX spec was really starting to get, um, you know, baked in a bit. And the way we were generating our documentation site is we had a separate repo. In that repo, we were using React DocGen to generate our, um, our, our component, for example, our component pages. So we, we could use Markdown and it was awesome, but we had to use it in a very brittle way. We had, to, um, we had a script to um, scan through our component files to you know, create, you know, data for props table, spit that into an object, we would have, we would use our markdown files to write down like, you know, this is your primary button. This is the code for it. This is how you should use it. But we had to write our markdown in a very specific order. We had to have like an H1 for our 
our component name, we could have one par a paragraph, but only one paragraph of intro paragraph. We had two, you know, you could write it, but only the first one would show up mm -hmm. from our script. And then we would have, you know, every single um, variant had to be written as an H2 with, you know, the variant, but not two, I mean, only one paragraph, only one variant. And you couldn't put any H3s in there. You couldn't do anything else. And the minute you started being freer with your markdown, things would not render and you couldn't even bring in rec, rec sorry you couldn't even be bring in react components at all into the markdown so you were you would have this one file for the information that was in your markdown and you'd have another file that would grab everything from your react components put it into a different object and you would cobble them together in this very just oh, it was so hard to work with mm -hmm. that even as someone who was used to the code base it was hard and for people that were contributing <laughs> They would flee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just did a talk about this um, in early February for Gatsby Days. Mm. I was talking about this whole journey, and it was just, and I used a lot of um, penguin gifts of <laughs> 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 penguins, you know, fleeing and running away and just like, you know, just hitting their head against the glacier because everything was brittle. Mm -hmm. So this is why once the MDX um, spec matured, um, I was like, wow, we could do some more, so much more now. We can write what we want to write. What we write will show up mm -hmm. on the page. And this is so much more exciting to use. And now we can have contributors that want to come in and say, oh, you know, I found a typo. Just, you know, fix the typo, push up a commit. Yeah, And don't worry about the actual structure of your markdown. You're good to go. Right. You're good. Yeah. So uh, so that's uh, MDX. And, and obviously, are you all using uh, Gatsby then for the design system documentation? Yes. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, kind of walk, walk through that a little bit for me. Um, you want me to walk you through my learning curve or? <laughs> <laughs> well, just, just kind of uh, like, I guess, transitioning from the React docs to Gatsby. Okay. So that was a two weeks of pain that was so <laughs> worth it. It was so worth it. Um, so what I did, the transition was I went to... Gatsby, of course, my cat is meowing right now. That is Thor. If you ever hear him meowing, that is Thor, <laughs> the mighty Thor. Nice. Um, <laughs> what we, what I did was um, I went to the Gatsby site. I did their tutorials. I went to tutorials one through eight <laughs> and, um, you know, made myself a site. And after following that, tried to figure out what was missing because they you know that um the tutorial you know walks you through this is how you get started you know doing a blog post and all these other things and it started you with with some markdown but it was missing some stuff so you had to like write down what what everything you know everything that you missed and i would get stuck on certain things like either creating pages or the graphql query um because you had to you had to figure out like where where you had to modify either the Gatsby node page or the Gatsby browser page or the Gatsby config. And you had to do it in a certain way. So um, once we found out the right combination of understanding that I had to adjust my config so it would um, support like post, because we use post CSS in our um, projects, how to um, use themes, because I watched a, uh, a um, which live stream with Jason Langsdorf oh, yeah. and Chris Biscardi, and they were talking about the experimental themes. So I followed, you know, what they were doing and made a theme within a theme while it was still an experimental phase, grabbed that into our doc site, tried to make things work. And the hardest part was trying to, it wasn't 
where you would make your, you know, your source pages and, you know, just generate your files. It was talking to the separate directory where our components were because we wanted our components, uh, we wanted a better separation of concerns of documentation for just the general doc, for the general docs, one location and not in a separate repo anymore in a, just a separate directory in this one repo. But our, our components are hosted in a source repo. And so we have it for better separation of concerns. We have, you know, the button component is in a folder with all, you know, all its files. And so you can always keep everything, you know, all, you know, test files and the CSS files and the, you know, storybook file and the markdown file all co-located in, you know, one location. So, you know, make maintenance easier. Mm-hmm. Now with that, the hardest part was trying to figure out, okay, how, how does Gatsby talk to this source folder? And once you found the right combination of you have to do a query this way and you have to point it to the right, you know, you have to use these plugins like the Gatsby, you know, Gatsby file plugin. And you had to use, you know, this other plugin, which I could you know, pull up the code base to, to remind me of all the words right now, but I can't cause it MDX right now is on my brain and I'm very excited about it. Sure. But, um, figuring out and I'm looking at it right now. Oh, there we go. So with with the config, you know, you have things like the page creator, the file system, you had to learn, you know, how to resolve your paths. And if you were, if you were new to, you know, how to use node at all, mm-hmm. it's a learning curve yeah. for anyone. Or if you haven't done node for a while, you're like, Oh, what is this like, underscore underscore dir name? What does that mean? You know, how does this do things? So um, it was pretty cool of once you figured it out you're like okay this is what works then comment the heck out of it so everyone else will know how to use this um so once you got everything set up for like how to handle post css um how to compile es6 packages because that's what we're using in here um how to auto link headers because you want to make sure that um your your um, headings are accessible and you can link right to them and share those links and how can you point to the data file because we're still using that data file to generate props tables mm-hmm. and but also point to the source folder so we can grab any mdx files from the source folders once you figured it, that out it was everything was happy <laughs> and then all you had to do was in the node file do the do the um the gatsby node file is make a query um to find the child mdx body which was awesome and then you would just create the page and point it to the template you were using so it was like this is magical all you have to do this thing and everyone else just has to do like npm run you know npm run docs you're mm-hmm. like what <laughs> you know everyone else is going to be not like you have to do this npm link npm link to this you're like no no we just want to do one thing one one command so we got down to that and it was just very exciting and you learned a lot about Gatsby because like the stuff where you're doing it like a uh, like either a static query or a page query because there's two different ways you can do depending on if you're in a layout file or other files. We had to do this particular query in Gatsby node because we're pointing to a separate directory because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that Gatsby does under the hood and their docs are getting better. The team there is great and like they've been incrementally making everything so much better that um, back, you know, back in 2000, I think it was almost a year ago that we converted our docs. Um, back then it was, you had to, you know, if there was anything missing in the docs, you had, you were kind of on your own, but now it's, it's a lot better of like, everything's pointing where it needs to be pointing now. And um, which is interesting because I'm going di- like, to di- divert into a different direction. Um, Gatsby is having this 100 days of Gatsby and it's almost finished. It started January 1st. No, mid, mid like a Wednesday at the very beginning of January because I signed up for it. So I'm like, I'm going to go through this again. 
see what I missed, see what I learned. And I went through it again. I've been writing down notes of everything that's missing in the docs because I'm going to make PRs. It's like, you know what? These are the things that weren't clear to me and it will help, you know, contribute back say, this is what I learned. This is what I missed. And, you know, there's ways that we can add that back to the docs. That, that, that's kind of awesome. I feel I feel like one of the big things in the Jamstack right now is just this open source community and how like everyone wants to make it better. And it's not like a complaining mechanism. It's like, how can I go in and make the next person have an easier time? Is that, has that kind of been your experience as well? Oh, totally. Because it's you're you're everyone's trying to learn this at the same time, and these products that are coming out are amazing, and they are doing a lot of stuff under the hood for you. Um, but there's also things that are missing. It's more of a, and it's not intentional, but it's more of an assumption of you already know these things already. You already know that um, if someone says yarn and you're using NPM, you use NPM and you understand the dangers of using yarn and NPM at the same time. But if you've never used that, you know, you have to go back to approaching it or like, what if I've never seen this before? What if I've never seen yarn before? I don't know. I'm just going to follow these instructions verbatim. Why is this breaking? I don't know. Or, you know, just things where even like, there's going to be a lot of people coming from, you know, Mm self-taught, you know, or any other, you know, could be a boot camp where where you get thrown in, you know, like four hours of HTML (laughs) and and some other, some other questionable practices. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, but it's, it's important that the community give back and start talking to each other. And that's one of the reasons why I love Gatsby so much is because the community over there is amazing. And the, the team over there, they walk their talk. Mm-hmm. They are always helpful in finding ways to make sure that, you know, if something's missing, they either encourage contributions, they're willing to pair with you and help fill in those gaps. So, yeah, I love the community just for that reason. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. So, so we're talking about like the, the docs in general and, I feel like, and, and maybe you've got an opinion on this, like we were at a point in, you know, quote unquote, the Jamstack, right? Where it was a very, very like heavy developer centric ideology for a while, but it's starting to get this mass adoption. So we see a lot more beginners coming in and it's very curious to see how we have to adapt to that. Cause you're right. Like I, I see some docs that say, you know, run NPM this or or yarn this, but then I see some that just spit out one or the other. Uh, and I'm wondering like, how we can facilitate a bigger or a quicker adoption of like a beginner first mentality in a very developer centric area. Oh yeah. That's almost <laughs> like the, the question of all time at this point. <laughs> sure. um, yeah. You know, it's one thing is making those time, making the time to write the docs, but mm-hmm. other is a lot of part is the feedback. Like um, a lot of, like personally, I see like a lot of people can complain about something, but they won't offer a solution like, hey, I, you know, I didn't understand this or, hey, I didn't understand this. I wish I, you know, rather than I wish it told me this because once I figured this out, you know, it really helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, some people are solving it by when they learn they blog about it. So that's great. Yeah. But then you have to like search for the blogs. So it's like, how do you combine, you know, all that knowledge that is on the interwebs everywhere and but also find a way to get it back into the docs because when you are on a you know smaller starter smaller startup team or even open source anything mm. you have to rely on your contributors to you know get your work done yeah 
Yeah, so that, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I, I wonder uh, if, if more places should actually be linking to all those great blog posts. Of course, there's still that findability issue. Like if, if you're a maintainer, you're not just actively searching for blog posts about your stuff, although maybe you are. Uh, but like, I'd be very interested to see it like a, a push that's like, if you write a blog post, keep it on your site, but like, let's link to it too. Let's, like, let's build a, a repository for each framework in their documentation of like articles on X, Y, and Z. That's very interesting. Because, like, for example, Accessibility Project does that right now. Like, Accessibility Project is really great about, um, I mean, they have articles on there, but it will also link to different, you know, like, individuals that tend to blog a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that like, Gatsby has their own blog, so that, you know, it isn't just Gatsby employees that are blogging. There are individual contributors that are blogging, too. So maybe that's a way to do it. But how do you get that out there? How do you get that yeah. that knowledge that hey, you know, because Gatsby's philosophy is every, you, you're, you all are welcome here. Mm-hmm. Everyone is welcome, right? Um, and maybe I haven't been reading closely enough to like read the blog where it says, hey, you know, you can blog for Gatsby because of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just need to read more closely to say, was it like written there or is it more of a like presumption or something where you, where, you, where you can like share that information out to people like, hey, you learned something new why don't you post it on, you know, the blog or like a lot of people are posting on dev.2. True. Yeah. And they will, they will do, um, you know, they will do tags, just stuff, you know, then you can start searching by tag. True. And I wonder if you could, you could at that point, like build a react app into Gatsby and into their site or into, into what, you know, what, whatever open source thing is it to like do a search for dev2 uh, uh, tags. Like I, I'm, I'm an 11D buff. And so it's like, if they just pulled in like an 11D tag, then I don't know, that'd be really interesting. It's almost like, like the arc, just like the COVID map, <laughs> yeah. the legit one, not the one that's like, that asks you to download stuff, shady stuff oh, on yeah. your computer. <laughs> yep. Something like that. Cause there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of crowdsourcing stuff out there just to share the information. Yeah. So yeah, that would definitely be a good thing to do. Yeah. But, uh viral spread of of helpful information. not that not not <laughs> not the vi- yeah the, yeah no need to download anything exactly exactly <laughs> cool so uh so i assume so professionally you're using the jam sack in this kind of gatsby docs way uh are you doing anything personally or is it all just kind of that that professional aspect for now it's professional but i'm i'm in my copious amount of free time <laughs> sure. you know work still working through those 100 days of gatsby because and you know you learning how to approach um, using Jamstack in different ways. So once I figure that out, I have two sites that I could potentially co- convert because one of them is a WordPress site. Mm-hmm. And so that's the site I've had, you know, for my my freelance design business, you know, that I've had for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's a, <laughs> it's a ni- 2011 WordPress theme. And, you know, I literally have like three blog posts, but, you know, mostly it's a portfolio site. Mm-hmm. So I could migrate that over. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, my other like dev site, I could potentially make that Jamstack too. I'm just trying to figure out what I want to do because I think the dev site is like combined Jamstack or like even my projects, like do one project three times. Like this is how you can do it in Vanilla. This is how you can do it in React.js. This is how you can do it in Vue. So it's, there's <laughs> yep. different ways you can combine things. But yeah, I have, I think I want to try converting my um, WordPress site over. Uh, I- I'll say from from my experience, it was actually pretty easy. And this was even like I converted mine over about two and a half years ago, um, and it was not bad. And there are better tools now, so like uh, that's a, that's a great way of thinking. Yeah, 
it's like, I have a site, just convert it over. Mm -hmm. The hardest part is like figuring out the whole portfolio part it's like, without redesigning. It's like, oh, you, yeah. will, you will not redesign your site. You will just port it. <laughs> over. it, it as a fellow designer, there's almost no way that happens. You're I know. It. It, it feels good to do it. I don't know. <laughs> it does, but maybe I should scaffold first, at least. Get scaffold first. And see how much you can do with with MDX, though. Because MDX, the way that... Um, one of the things I've been really loving about MDX is like how the... the um, the team that is working on the spec, what they're doing with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, the things that you can do where you can take MDX syntax and even mark, like markdown syntax, and you can like swap in certain things with React components. They call it short codes now, but you know, like you can swap short codes in is magical. Mm -hmm. And the way that you can, I saw um, so one of the Gatsby um, employees, Kyle, not, not Kyle Matthews. I think Kyle Gill was um, tweeting about this, last week and I, I bookmarked it or like a week and a half ago and he was showing how he was learning that you could import MDX files like a markdown file into a markdown file All right down. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and it wasn't just like importing a react component you were impor importing an MDX file into an MDX file and it's just like whoa so you couldn't you don't have to have necessarily like you know, this very, very long scroll forever page, you could be, you know, putting them up into smaller chunks and people can, you know, won't be overwhelmed when, again, when we're thinking of docs, <laughs> someone can start editing something and then they just pop in that file. Yep. And they're done. They're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's I, amazing. I also have a, a, a friend of mine who, who has redesigned his personal site like 15 times in the past three years. Uh, and his his take this time is he's actually taking the the default Gatsby theme, uh, the thing that like comes baked in, and he just started with that because he was like, I have to finally get it live. Like I've I've redone this fifteen times, I have to make it live, and so he's just incrementally changing that design, changing that like structure. And he's also that kind of designer first, and then has become an engineer since then. So like, we we like to do custom stuff, and then we never launch it. So. Incremental builds are nice. Yes, they are. You just push it up and it's like, oh, well, it's already up there. Yep. Sweet. <laughs> I'm done. Good to go. Cool. So, so it would be fair to say that, that Gatsby is your jam in the Jamstack? Do we want to go all the way down to like MDX as your jam in the Jamstack? What, what would you consider your main top thing? Okay. My, my main top thing first is MDX and then, and then Gatsby. <laughs> okay. Just because MDX, I've been like experimenting with code blocks and learning, learning from like watching other people do it. Like, wow, like how much I can like make a code block better. And I want, I want to, I'm in the middle of trying to make a code block that is, you have, um, Formidable has a package React Live and like bringing that into code blocks is awesome. And they also have Prism React Renderer, I believe, is another one. So you can get the syntax highlighting in there, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm working on making a component that will, when you have the block, you could have it editable, but maybe you could, I'm trying to find a way that when you, you know, click on a button, you could see what the rendered code is versus like just, you know, using Rackdom server to show the rendered code. Like mm -hmm. this is the semantic structure that gets rendered under the hood. So you can see what classes get, you know, because that's a lot of times people want to, they want to either dig into the code base, but you could click here. It's like, if I write this, what, code will I get under the hood, mm -hmm. but also have that and also have the, the um, code block, you know, like have a display of the component, but below it has, and you'll see this often is you have the code, you know, the code there, but sometimes that code block will get really long. So have that collapsible, but also that people forget 
have it keyboard focusable. Yes. So you can tab through everything. And if there's a focus trap, make sure you can get out of the focus trap and move forward. So I'm looking to make an accessible code block thing. And once I get it, I will put it somewhere up on NPM <laughs> and people can use it. Yeah. So that's very cool. And, and yeah, accessibility on that sort of thing. People, people don't realize it, it's not always easy, especially when you want to do like the really nice, usable, fun interface to make that accessible. You got to put the work in or have somebody do an open source package and download it, which is always a nice thing. And make it themable so they can like override the themes, yep. but also, you know, maybe if there's a way we can, when they do the theme, go, hey, those color combinations may not pass yep. if you do it that way. So, <laughs> but start with an accessible, you know. Yeah, exactly. Accessible start and then, you know. and then progressively enhance from there. Yes, there's a way, like we can add tasks for like what has, you know, accessible violations, but I think there's might be a way that you could look, maybe have some sort of contrast, because there are these other tools where you could have contrast checkers where you can do eyedropper things. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a way that you could do like a, because I know Blocks UI is working on that right now. Blocks UI is working on like when you put text over, you know, something, mm -hmm. they'll immediately give you alert like, hey, this is not following things, yeah. but this is a component. This isn't like a, a whole like UI, you know, like WYSIWYG system here. So it's a little different. Yeah. But maybe if they do the tests, if they do the test, you know, you that them. could be a way. Yeah. Yes. Cool. So, uh, so what's your actual musical jam right now? What's what's in your earphones? Where are you listening to regularly? <laughs> so, um, when I when I am well, either coding or just in dance mode, <laughs> I have a thing for soca and dance hall, and so I always excited when I'm always excited when carnival season. Um, comes around. I got first got turned on to it in the 90s um, with a um, band called Crossfire, Crossfire, which um, it's K-R-O-S-F-Y-A-H. And their song was um, Pump Me Up. And it was just like, once I heard that, I was hooked. And then I discovered um, Lady Saw and Bougie Bantan and, and, you know, some other ones that were really great. And like one, one that I really liked, but then he wasn't really nice to the community so i can't like him anymore yep. um but ever since then i've been always following you know these different um you know artists mm -hmm. and lately it's masha montano is my favorite um bonjai garland and shall marsh so same like um, michelle right now is the one that that's definitely boston boston accent there i apologize <laughs> shall marshall <laughs> And one of his songs is Splinters, and it is great. And um, Michelle Montano's, one of them is um, Brace Up, is one of my favorites lately. Um, the other one is with Calypso Rose, um, Leave Me Alone. The other one he does. Another one's with these, I have a couple ones that are there, like, there are ones called Possessed with Kerr and Dubois and Michelle Montano. He like likes to do compilations with people. Mm -hmm. And it's just these like happy and some of them are just like, I'm focusing, leave me alone, but I'm, you know, don't, don't mess with me because I'm, you know, I'm partying and yeah. Nice. So that's, that's me. It's just happy music, Very nice. happy music. Yeah. I like it. Cool. So is there anything that you would like to promote and get out to the Jamstack community as a whole? Anything you're working on? Um, well, I'm trying to get that, um, that code block component out there. Mm -hmm. um, I would have like promoted the conferences, but I'm they're all being postponed yeah. right now. Yeah. It's like, um, I'm waiting to hear from a couple of them because they haven't officially postponed, but I think they will. But the other two, like one self-conference is postponing for a year. Um, yeah. And 
there, you know, I would definitely like if you can have a chance to get in Detroit, that's one to, to watch. And um, the UI Arch Conf, which is supposed to be in April, um, and I was going to do the Weapons Accessibility Conference there. Mm-hmm. Um, that is postponed for now to November of this year. The other two, three, I, you know, you haven't heard the postponement date, but I'm assuming because otherwise I wouldn't be able to get back in the country, yeah. which fine, but at the same time, not fine but not fine but not fine <laughs> cool uh well i appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today and uh keep doing some amazing stuff i'm really looking forward to that accessible code block too wonder wonderful and it's it's an honor to be asked to um speak on the topic and to talk about the Jamstack. so I want to thank Kathleen again and thank all the listeners around the world for making the Jamstack community one of the best developer communities on the web. Be sure to star heart favorite or whatever in your podcast app of choice and spread the word around for those that haven't yet heard. With that, it's sponsor time and I want to talk about TakeShape. TakeShape is a content platform directly designed for the Jamstack. They have a super simple GraphQL API, a static site generator, and a CMS all ready for your use. They're also working on their Mesh product, which allows you to mix and match multiple data sources into one easy-to-use API. Definitely worth checking into. Head on over to takeshape.io slash that's my jamstack for more information. With that, I'll bid you adieu until next week and implore you to keep making amazing things on the web and to keep things jammy.